This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all In the U.S. state of Nebraska, State Senator Ernie Chambers filed a suit in 2008 against God, seeking a permanent injunction against God's harmful activities. Now, the suit was dismissed because God could not be properly notified, not having an address. Uh, The judge stated, given that this court finds there can never be service effectuated on the named defendant, this action will be dismissed with prejudice. But the senator uh, assuming God to be singular and all-knowing, responded, the court it's itself acknowledges the existence of God. A consequence of that acknowledgement is a recognition of God's omniscience. Since God knows everything, God has notice of this lawsuit. And so uh, this went on for a few years. Uh, Chambers was actually filing the lawsuit in response to another lawsuit that he considered to be frivolous and inappropriate. And a judge finally did throw out the case saying the Almighty was not properly served due to his unlisted home address. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My guests today are Dr. Clay Jones, uh, Biola University professor, and uh, he teaches classes. I've been in his classes on the problem of evil. And I also have a guest, Sean Taylor, with us. He has been involved with the San Diego Coalition of Reason. He's a skeptic, uh, atheist, and... uh, and he uh, is here to ask some questions uh, that maybe I don't think of uh, or provide some discussion that maybe I don't think about. I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Jones before I bring him on here. He formerly hosted Contend for Truth, which was uh, for eight years a, a nationally syndicated talk radio program, had all kinds of people on that show, Buddhists and Muslims and everybody else. He was the executive director of the Simon Greenleaf University, now Trinity Law School. He's been on the pastoral staff of two large churches and frequently speaks. In fact, he's at a conference this evening on the subject of God and evil. And um, he is writing a book also, Why God Allows Evil. And so very exciting. Thank you for being on the show, Dr. Jones. Thank you, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, this is Sean's ter- third time on the show, and uh, he's been he's been a big blessing and just coming at things from a different different angle, a different perspective than you might normally hear. And uh, I wanted to start off, Dr. Jones, if it's okay with you, by just um, looking at your background and saying, okay, uh, I mean, you're writing a book on this. You speak on it constantly. I mean, all over the country, you're traveling with Biola and speaking on this subject. Why, of all the different things that you could focus on, why did this become kind of your focus? Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me uh, that what happened was is in about 1981, I began to understand the glory of what it means to be a Christian. I was a pastor at the time. I've been a Christian since I was in junior high, but I began to understand that and it became the major thing that I wanted to teach on is basically things related to what God was going to do for our future. That if Christianity is true, we're looking at eternal life. Yeah. That it's not just something we're doing, you know, for this life where it's about eternal life. And 
And so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about the wonder and the glory and studying and teaching on the wonder and the glory of what it would mean to live forever. And as I studied this and as I really put my mind into it, uh, it, it, it was just it was a phenomenal study, frankly. Uh, but then after a while, I began to study well, that if we this is where we're going, where did we come from? Mm. And what I so I began to study the nature of humankind, and I began to find out. So what what was I what was I like when I was a non Christian? What what are we dealing with here? And so I decided to study the the depravity of humankind. And as you know, uh, since you took my class, um, it, it, it's humankind is not good. And that's just the bottom yeah, the book you it, had us read uh, was ordinary men. Yeah. Ordinary men was uh, incredibly eye opening to me. I it, it just never would have even entered my mind, uh, you know, what they experienced and what they went through and how these were just normal people who ended up doing incredibly awful things. And to consider that that's in my nature, too, is really uh, kind of scary in a way. It, it, well, it is. And, and I think the thing is, is that oh, just to tell your listeners in case they're interested, the, the full title is Ordinary Men, Reserve Police Battalion 101 and the Final Solution in Poland. And uh, Christopher Browning's thesis is that the people that do genocide are just normal people. They're average people. They're not sadists. They're not monsters. Obviously, you're going to have a sadist sometimes like you do in any population. Sure. But the people that commit genocide uh, as a group are not sadists. They're not, they're just normal people. And that's the whole, that's thus the title, Ordinary Men. Anyway, uh, to bring this all together, one of the things uh, is I began to understand where we were going to, and I began to understand where we were coming from. The problem of evil just simply went away. I, I just simply, it just wasn't really a problem anymore. And then I decided uh, to really get in and start studying. This was about 1994 and yeah. make it my, the major study of my life. And um, so then I think we know why God allows evil. Frankly, I don't think it's mysterious. I think we know. Oh, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be thinking, okay, I can't wait to hear this. It's not mysterious. <laughs> I want to know what it is. And I think that's a really uh, provocative statement to say, um, it kind of just went away from me. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing to, to say that. Um, I know in my own life, and we all have uh, areas of pain in our life. Uh, my, my sister passed away from cancer at uh, about 22 years old, and she um, had two little little kids, and she was a Bible-believing Christian. And the question naturally arises, why would God allow that? And I know that my own father struggled with that for a long time. Being somebody who faithfully served the Lord, it was very difficult for him to go, hey, what in the world? Why... Um, and he actually, you know, he, his walk with God changed after that and, uh, he recovered from it, but it really made him uh, step back and feel a little bit unsafe, um, because of what, what he went through with losing a daughter. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I know that lots of our listeners have experienced similar things. Sure. And so uh, this will be great to have this discussion and talk about this. In fact, my li I wrote an article with a Christian research journal, my last article with them. It's not available online yet, but it was entitled, Why Did God Let That Child Die? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's exact, that, that's probably one of the hardest questions of theodicy. Uh, why did God let a particular child die at a particular yeah. moment? Yeah, I teach at a Christian high school uh, here in San Diego. And just this past year, a kid who had actually just committed himself like wholehearted to the, the Lord a year earlier uh, passed away from a very rare brain cancer. 
and the whole school was devastated by it. And yeah. we saw the Lord work in, in miraculous ways through it. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's still, you know, for a lot of people, it was like, whoa, what's happening right now? Right. Why is this happening? So, <clears throat> so this is great, uh, very relevant discussion, I think. And so, um, so to start that off, um, every, every worldview has to answer the question of evil. How do they deal with it, right? Buddhists will say, uh, you suffer because you desire that which is impermanent. Therefore, uh, the suffering is kind of grounded in yourself. If you would stop desiring things, then uh, you wouldn't suffer so much. And as far as I understand it, Islam teaches that um, teaches that basically there is no evil because God, everything God does is perfect, and therefore it's not really evil. You just perceive it as evil. Uh, and then, uh, Sean, I'm curious, uh, kind of want to bring you into the conversation here. What is your own personal perspective on how evil or or why evil exists? How do you deal with that question? I know well, they have. <clears throat> I feel like I'm cheating on this one. I mean, it's, it's a little bit easier for me. That's sure. uh, you know the, the way things are is, is the way things are. There there are good people. There are bad people. I mean, there's you know it goes. There's a famous saying: evil people will do evil things. Yeah. Good people will do good things. If you want to get uh, a good person to do evil, well, that would take something like religion, some dogmatic thinking. Um, there's there's a lot of evil in the world. There's a lot of uh, things in the world that have nothing to do with people. Um, tsunamis, volcanoes, sure. cancer. Um, th- these things, you know, are not uh, certainly not because of someone's bad behavior. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah, there's a lot of things in the world that are that are bad. There's a lot of things in the world that are rude, uh, whether it's people or not that are the the influence or the cause. Um, we have one minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got on a break here. Sorry, I so, wasn't cutting you off. No, no. So, uh, so I, you know, from my point of view, I mean, there's nothing that I necessarily think that that exists. That if that exists, well, why should this evil exist? Sure. So th- I'm, I'm kind of. I think the big, I don't have a you know a, a necessary question to answer there. Okay. Just one of the big questions about regarding the the atheist or the naturalist is why are people so evil? In other words, why do they torture? and seem to get a joy out of it. If evolution is true, if Darwinism is true, why is it that some people actually enjoy torturing others? Yeah. It's part of the yeah, atheist problem of evil. Okay, well, we're, yeah. we're coming up on a break here, but this is there's so many different uh, interesting avenues we could go down here. Um, you're on Educate for Life Radio. This is Kevin Conner. I'm, I'm your host here. And my guests today are Dr. Clay Jones and Sean Taylor. And uh, we're going to continue this discussion and get deeper into why does God allow evil to exist? We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. 
teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will Epicurus was a Greek philosopher who was born in Athens, Greece in the 3rd century BC. He taught that the purpose of life was to obtain tranquility and peace with the avoidance of pain and suffering. And the following four statements are attributed to him. They're sometimes used by atheists to deny God's existence. This is what it says. Is God willing to prevent evil, but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able, but not willing? Then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then where does evil come from? And is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? Essentially, it's saying if God is all powerful and all good, Uh, then why does evil exist? Because if he was all good, he'd get rid of evil. If he was all powerful, he could get rid of evil, but evil exists. So there's your problem. That's what we're talking about today. My guests are uh, Dr. Clay Jones and Sean Taylor. My name is Kevin Conover. I'm your host on Educate for Life. My website's educateforlife.org. And I wanted to pick back up with this question you were talking about, Dr. Jones. Um, uh, Why are people so, uh, why do they so, why are they so evil? And then, like you said last, in the last segment, how did all of a sudden the problem of evil disappear for you? Those are kind of related, right? The answers to those questions. Yeah. Well, uh, as for why are people so evil? See, I, I think the fall uh, does a lot of help, actually, that, that, that uh, Adam and Eve sinned and, and humankind uh, has a selfish nature. Uh, and this selfish nature very easily, if it thinks that it can get its way by doing very mean things, very evil things, it will. Mm. Um, And we were all born into that situation because there's really three possible positions. People are basically good. People are basically bad, uh, born basically good, born basically bad, or people are born tabula rasa, blank slates, and they're just written on by their environment. Mm. And um, so, so so, uh, further you know, going further into that question, what was the process as you were doing your research on the nature of people on understanding yourself? How, how did the the problems begin to disappear? Well, you know, one of the things uh, that was interesting to me, and I mentioned this already, but uh, is every well, I didn't mention this part, but every genocide researcher I know and every genocide victim that I've read and I've read a lot of them and I put the challenge out there if anybody can find a contrary example, uh, researchers, uh, victims of genocide, they all agree this is what normal people commit genocide. For instance, we mentioned Christopher Browning's book, uh, Ordinary Men. Uh, Christopher Browning said, I could have been the killer or the evader. Both were human. That was his conclusion. Uh Hannah Arndt, who wrote the book Eichmann in Jerusalem, a report on the banality of evil. She studied Eichmann when Eichmann, who was the administrator of Auschwitz, was captured and brought to trial in Jerusalem. She decided, I'm going to go and see this. This is going to be amazing to see what goes on with this. Here's her conclusion about Eichmann. She says the main trouble with Eichmann was that there were so many like him, neither perverted nor sadistic, that they were and still are terribly and terrifyingly normal. 
Uh, this is just what normal people do. Uh, Ellie Wiesel, the most famous Auschwitz survivor, uh, said, put it this way, said, deep down, man is not only an executioner, not only a victim, not only a spectator. He's all three at once. And and as you just keep going on, Harold Welzer, for instance, sociologist Harold Welzer, he says, he says, we are left then with the most discomforting of all realities, ordinary, normal people committing acts of extraordinary evil. This diff- reality is difficult to admit, to understand, to absorb. He says, as we look at the perpetrators of genocide and mass killing, we no longer need to ask who these people are. We know who they are. They are you and I. Oh, and and I could go on. Actually, I could talk about Alexander Solzhenitsyn and bring in more examples. But it was a fascinating thing to realize that that that. It's average humans commit genocide. And uh, and so what so I think that uh, if I was, you know, listening to you say this, I, I feel like this is not intuitive. It's because, not intuitive. Yeah, because people on the street, if I no. if I ask them, hey, are, are people generally good or bad? The, the majority of people I feel would say ah, people are generally good. You know, I haven't killed anybody recently. I haven't you know, I don't do I do little things wrong. But, <laughs> so how are they coming to these conclusions when? Well, this is the result of just immense study of uh, genocide itself. Um, here's one of my favorite quotes, and I won't quote the whole thing. Uh, historian George Crenn and psychologist Leon Rappaport said, what remains is a central deadening sense of despair over the human species. This is where can one find an affirmative meaning of life if human beings can do such things? Mm. Uh, but it's just these researchers, they, because one of the big questions is, why, how did this happen? Who's doing this? And they're finding that this is just being done by average, normal, ordinary people. Like I say, I've done a lot of reading on this. I think it's maybe beginning to show as I quote one person yeah. after another. Yeah. I've done a lot of study on this. I find no counterexamples whatsoever. There's not even one. Normal people. And so then you have to say there's something wrong with humankind if they can do genocide uh, and justify it. Now, here's the thing, though, about the average person. Uh, the average person tends to believe uh, that if well, see, Jesus taught that evil's a matter of the heart. Yeah, and what the average person does, they say, well, I'm not committing adultery, and I or I'm not murdering, so I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. The trouble is, if you hate somebody's guts, I always ask the question: If you hate somebody's guts, why don't you murder them? Well, it's not because you care for them, because we've already established that you hate their guts. Yeah. So why don't you murder them? Well, isn't it out of self-interest, namely? Uh, you know, I've seen those guys in the prison population and I wouldn't do very well in there. I don't want to go to prison. I could, you know, what I'd lose, you know, if it came out, I'd lose my job. What I, if I, I've been in Donovan State Prison and, and it's a, there's a you know, scary, I, scary, you don't want to go there. Scary character. Uh, but notice the reasons then, if you hate somebody's guts, why don't you kill them? Well, it's not because you care for the person. It's because of self-interest. If you're having, Jesus said, if you, he who commits, a, uh, he who lusts commits adultery in his heart. Yeah. Well, if you're fantasizing about having sex with somebody, why don't you actually do it? Assuming the person's available, why don't yeah. you do it? Well, isn't it, I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want a disease. That would be hard to explain when I got home. But notice the reasons you're not doing it aren't because you've decided to cherish only your spouse. The reasons you're not doing it are because of self-interest. And what, and this is what Jesus was constantly trying to connect for people is that, the person who is committing adultery in his heart, the person who's hating people's guts in his heart really is an adulterous murderer. It's just, 
he's not doing it. You say, well, why is he not doing it? Because of self-interest. And so what we have, frankly, in our nation is a, a, a lot of adulterous murderers that are going, I'm, but I'm a good person because I'm not because I'm not acting it out, even though I'm not acting it out out of uh, self-interest. I'm still a good person because I'm not actually doing it. And Jesus, in his considered opinion, would disagree. So so essentially what you're saying is that because of the uh, societal norms or uh, restraints that come from the pressure of society or culture, um, people tend to think they're more good than they actually would be if those restraints were gone. Yeah, absolutely. And when all of a sudden you can justify, if you can justify the killing, uh, you like with what Hitler did with the Jews, that we lost, you know, World War One because of the Jews. The Jews are ruining our nation. They're polluting our blood supply. We have to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, calling the unborn, you know, it's just a clump of cells. It's a fetus. Hillary Clinton, as you know, just got into trouble with uh, now the National Organization of Women and other groups, uh, pro-choice groups, because she she made the huge faux pas of saying that calling what was in the womb a person and that was just like no it's not a person yeah well how do you see right there we're we're justifying you know united states we've suctioned scraped and scalded to death 55 million babies over 55 million babies and of course and i uh i know by the way there are some pro-life atheists uh i don't know whether you are but i know there's pro-life atheists but but the question is how do we ju- how do we justify uh, suctioning, scraping, and scalding to death fifty five million babies so far since nineteen seventy three? Like I say, it's probably fifty eight million now. But anyway, this is the kind of thing that we're always you know dealing with. There's something wrong yeah, here, yeah, yeah. and we justify it. Yeah. And when a guy actually commits murder, is when he thinks he can get away with it. When a person actually does commit adultery, it's when they've done a work around it in their mind of all the consequences. I've got done a work around of all the consequences. So well, you a condom. I know she won't tell anybody mm-hmm. uh, and on and on and on. Now, once you do the workaround, then you actually do the deed. Okay. Uh, my guest today is Dr. Clay Jones and Sean Taylor, and we're discussing the problem of evil. And I want to get to this in the next segment, which is, okay, now you've recognized, you've seen the nature of humanity. You've seen why it does what it does. And how does that ultimately eliminate the problem of evil? And Sean, I want to give you a chance also. I'll give you a chance to start off by responding to what uh, Dr. Jones has shared so far and just uh, give your perspective and, uh, you know, if you have any uh, questions or, or things you'd like to challenge him with, that'd be fantastic. You're on Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're going to be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all. 
tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. You can pick up a recording of this program if you're enjoying it. Uh, we podcast it. It's also on YouTube. If you want to see what we look like uh, instead of just hearing us, uh, you know, three really handsome guys. <laughs> so, uh, you know, makes the show more interesting. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. My guests today are Dr. Clay Jones and Sean Taylor. Dr. Jones is a professor up at Biola University, and he teaches a class specifically on the problem of evil and uh, how do we deal with that. And what we've been talking about, what if you didn't get to hear the last segment, we've been talking about how uh, he said that as he examined the nature of humanity, um, the problem of evil kind of disappeared. And I'm very curious uh, to make that connection. How do you how does that begin to to, to diffuse this uh, question of God? Why are you allowing evil to exist? Uh, and so, uh, Sean, but I wanted to give you a chance to kind of respond from your perspective. Um, you know, and I also wanted to ask you this because I'm curious about this. You know, they have they're starting to have atheist chaplains on university campuses mm-hmm. um, up at uh, I believe it's USC. Recently, they had they hired an atheist chaplain. And it's very interesting to me because they have because an atheist chaplain has to deal with the heartache and the hardship of life uh, in the same way that a pastor is going to have to deal with it. But he, of course, he's got to come up with a completely different set of of responses to that. And that's kind of the question in your own mind. I know I'm sure you've had uh, difficulties in your life. We all do. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you uh, deal with that? Just, you know, yourself talking as in why is this happening? Is it just it's happening just because it's happening and there's it, it just is and I'm just moving on or what what goes through your mind? I'm just curious. And then also well, if you wanted to address something to Dr. Dr. Yeah, Dr. no, I've, I've had far from a perfect life, but never at any of those moments has it ever been, well, you know, such as life. I've never, <laughs> never really had that in my head at the moment. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, it, so I, I suppose we would have to be very specific on on the type of event that it is, and and I would. Well, I have always yeah. dealt with a- exactly what it was. Okay. Um, any examples that you have would be great. You know, the I'll give you one, and if you want to respond to it, uh, I just read. If, if your listener wants to read something sad, 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 read uh, Carl Sagan's. Uh, saying goodbye to his wife as he's dying mm-hmm. uh you know because he's dying and it's over uh all of a sudden he got a disease and he's dying and his wife is writes about this and says man what do we you know i mean there's no god we don't we're not converting but this you know i mean we know we're no longer together forever <clears throat> yeah and, and obviously it depends on you know i suppose your personality and, and mood because i i have read it and it was it's quite uplifting was, actually um i was like uh, wow what a bummer obviously you know, we're talking about very friend, subjective things you know here. to yeah. see their to yeah. see go my husband's gone forever and right and well you what, think it was uplifting it, incredibly heartwarming there's no doubt about it uh, well, heartwarm. I mean, from, it was, from both it was of a them. touching no, a, touching story well and this is where it comes from obviously from your point of view i suppose but it was it was incredibly uplifting i mean they they both and and her afterwards they both discussed in great length the joy that they how lucky they felt for all the time that they had together and all of the moments they had together all the joy they shared and it was incredibly and incredibly just i mean it was it was tear jerking. Yeah, it was from no matter the the worldview. Well, yeah, it's true. And, and um, I, I was, this, I was. Yeah, you know, we were both moved by it. I don't. I don't know that. I, I mean, I, I suppose maybe we can get into more discussion as you get into how what you've discussed so far. From I mean, everything from evolution through Nazis and abortion, how that gets to God. Um, but I, I think my only comment on what you've discussed so far. I, I mean, 
no matter the again, no matter the worldview, whether it's it's a biblical worldview, a, a Quranic worldview, or mine, um, is I don't think we disagree that we are a social species. Okay. Whether you whether you accept evolution or we not, are. I think we we, are a social species, we can sure. all agree that we are a social species, and in that creates a tribal nature uh, that is inherent in us, sure. whether whether the Garden of Eden existed or not. And what do you mean by a tribal nature? You mean that we in group out group that we we try to protect our our own, uh, whether for selfish reasons or I mean, you mentioned you know things about marriage. I mean, uh, I I uh, would not cheat on my wife. I'm I'm married. I would not cheat on my wife, not because. I think I'm going to become pregnant, as you mentioned, obviously. Well, but 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 I, I well, would not cheat on my wife. It's not out of the question because yeah. of of simple my my love for her. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't I would not want to hurt her. Well, that's the exact. That's the sure. I I really anything else behind that is the one percent. I mean, ninety nine percent of the reason that See, I would not cheat on my wife is because I would not want to hurt her. Yeah. My, uh, my, uh, so that's that's really the main issue that I have to deal with if I ever lust for anyone else. Uh, as far as as genocidal people, I mean, I'm I, I do know that if from all studies that have been done, from all accounts that have been written, Nazis were not under the impression that they were the bad guys. Well, you're never, when they were doing what they and were abortionists doing. are not under the impression they're the bad guys either. And the, the majority of Americans, it is anything that anyone can say is the bad guy uh, is it never is almost never well, under the impression that they are the bad right. guy. We're you always about, have to yeah, you so always we find a way to justify tribal yourself. nature. Yes. We're talking about a social species that has an in-group out-group thing. Um, <laughs> you know, religion causes a lot of that uh, nation. A- atheism lines. causes a lot of it, too. Well, I'm thinking of Stalin and Mao and officially atheistic, you know, you know, I don't I mean, think it was not being convinced that there's a supernatural deity. Well, they that, were. Well, what I mean is they, yeah, to do they these were, I'm talking about uh, nation borders. I'm talking about, you know, any dogmatic thinking, any any dogmatic thinking. You know, this is this is ours. You know, we are we. You are you. Any in-group, out-group thinking, any anything like that, that's going to allow people to do great evil this goes back to the the quote that was mentioned earlier you know good people will always strive to do good bad people will always strive to do bad you know to get a good person to do evil well that takes something like dogmatic thinking that takes something the the the, and what was the experiment that was done in the i believe it was in the 70s uh with the shocking the milgram experiment and there's been modern day examples of that and what they generally concluded i think is a lot of what you're saying is that uh people uh put in these kind of situations will will do evil and we'll that's a, I'm glad you brought that up and mm-hmm. I would point out there's no doesn't seem to be any in group or out group involved in that it's just simply we'll, we'll, thinking, we will thinking. give you 450 volts of electricity because I'm being asked to do it by a researcher that is that is 100% them being convinced that those are the authorities and they're yeah. controlling the experiment and they should have things safe and they should have things under control and so they're able, they're just following directions. They're just following directions. Yeah, you know, that, that, is, was, that, is 100% that was that was the major social art. species issue. By the way, that was why uh, Christopher Browning wrote his book is that Germans were killing because they were following orders. Mm-hmm. And you read the book, yeah. and the conclusion of the book was it's not true. Yeah, that's they could right. have gotten out of it any time they wanted. Yeah, they didn't have guys, to. I believe it was like twelve guys actually did uh, get out in the very beginning, but the rest of them, over two hundred, I believe it was, uh, actually continued on. With no pressure to continue, other than uh, the social uh, 
just their peers almost as if it was some sort of a that is a see, social issue. It becomes a tautology though. It's like, well, anytime anybody does anything really bad, it's because of uh, you know a social group kind of thing. Well, then that just becomes a tautology. Well, no, it's not really. Assertion. Assertion. No, it's just not, an assertion. Yeah, it's yeah, not no. explanatory. But we. I was just going to say, you know, we're, I'm, I've got a lot of other, we, there's other things. Because he's asking, well, how does this deal with why yeah, God allows evil? We, I, we haven't yeah, gotten, go we, yeah. we yeah. kind of need to move that yeah, ball down the court. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're, we've got about 30 seconds left here in this segment. So um, when we come back, we'll pick immediately up on that. Um, how does uh, understanding human nature and the nature of humanity begin to diffuse the problem of uh, why does God allow evil? Stay with us. We're going to be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth From doing right to doing wrong Cause we were taught that's who we are Come on, get in line. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. All kind of articles, classes, everything that you can take on suffering, evil, and God, as well as world religions, uh, how we know the Bible is the Word of God. All these different subjects, you can you check out the classes on my website. Great for homeschool students, or if you just want to learn on your own. My guests today are Dr. Clay Jones from Biola University, an expert on this issue. He's done extensive reading and research and teaches on it on a regular basis, and also Sean Taylor. Dr. Jones, I want to pick right back up and just uh, allow you to continue this discussion on how understanding the nature of humanity begins to diffuse the problem. Well, one of the things we need to move on to the other side, because remember, it's eternal life. And and then there's the free will in between. Uh, But one of the things is, is that once you understand that humans really aren't you know, I mean, atheists, I think, will tend to go, tab- would go tabula rasa. I think, it, I'm guessing, Sean, that we're just blank, blank slates yeah. that are written on by our environment. But, but you know, there's, like I say, there's you, people are either I good or... I just have to mention no. But go oh, ahead. Really? Go so ahead. you think no, people no. are born good? Yeah. So this is a long conversation, but, okay, but well, no, I, don't, so I just I just wanted to mention that no, that's not the general atheistic really? position. No, I mean well, this you, will be the minority. Okay, well, I'd love, I would love to get off <laughs> yeah. on that, but it would take. I'm yeah. afraid we'd take most of the rest yeah, of the program yeah, on yeah. just that issue. Okay. Uh, anyway, my my point is is if you believe that people are not if they're born with a sinful inclination, which is of course, basic Christianity. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, selfish, sinful inclination, uh, then, uh, if you do think that, then the problem of evil begins to go away because nobody ever asks why bad things happen to bad people. And, uh, uh, I, cause I, 
unlike I think Sean, I don't think there are uh, outside of being, you know, the work of Jesus in our lives. I was not born a good person. Uh, I was born a bad person and I needed to be saved. But uh, let me move on, though, because we've got we're running out of time. Let me sure. move on and say, you know, the, the why does God allow all this evil to occur? Yeah. I like so many, uh, you know, following Alvin Plantinga and a host of others. I like so many uh, would appeal to the free will defense uh, uh, or even free will theodicy that God wanted to create beings that have free will. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting in reading a lot of atheist material, a lot of atheists actually don't believe that we have free will that are because our actions were just material stuff. Yeah. And our actions are therefore determined. Cause and effect. Not all of them believe that. I'm not saying you believe that, Sean. I'm just saying a lot of them believe that we're just all determined because we're all in a sense, just molecules in motion. Yeah. But I think that God wanted to create beings with free will. And here's a principle that is, is you, you can't get more logical than this. You can't give a being free will and not let them use it wrongly. You just can't. You can't tell your daughter that she can go out with a punk down the street and then chain her to a heavy kitchen appliance. Yeah. You, that's not giving her free will. And so uh, so God couldn't give humans free will and not let them use it wrongly. Now, the trouble with that is, um, you know, people go, yeah, but there's so much evil. But notice now, and, and I can talk about that at length, but now we're talking about a matter of degree. Okay. Because if you think free will is valuable, we're only talking about a matter of, okay, but how much? God shouldn't have allowed this evil to occur. Or he shouldn't have allowed that evil to occur. For instance, when people bring up children, they say, why did God let, I'm at one of the most, and you started the program off sure. with it. Why did God let seven-year-old Megan get hit by a car and die or get cancer and die? Yeah. And my answer, let's use the cancer example. My answer is always, well, it's not just Megan, right? You don't think any child should die of cancer, right? And they go, no. I mean, to, every time, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just cancer, right? You don't think children should die of other diseases, do you? Well, of course they shouldn't die of other diseases. And you don't think they should be raped or murdered either, do you? No, of course they shouldn't be raped or murdered. You, do you think it's? Do you think God should stop them from being maimed in accidents and being severely injured? And they go, yeah, of course. God ought to stop all of that. And so then finally I say, well, to what age do you think children should be indestructible? Because that's basically, <laughs> you know, it's like I think children should be indestructible. Yeah. If you take it off of Megan... Uh, and say, so you're saying that no child should ever get sick ever? See, then you don't, you're taking it out of the world of natural cause and effect, and you're expecting, I don't know what mechanism you would use, but you're expecting God to just kind of fix things on a regular basis, that he's going to intercede and do, what, a million miracles a day every single day, which if that did occur, then Sean would no longer be an atheist because there'd be verifiable miracles occurring by the millions every day. Uh, but God's not interested in that because he doesn't, he doesn't want our free will to be so interfered with. There's absolute and unambiguous proof that he exists. I think there's plenty of proof, by the way, just, I'm sure Sean and I, that's a conversation for another time, but I think another the, nine minutes, at least another, nine <laughs> minutes. but, but anyway, so that's, that's where I'm going, you know, with all this is, is free will and natural laws must work in regular ways if our actions are going to mean anything at all. Yeah. Otherwise, cause otherwise we're not free. It's a cartoon world too. Yeah. Plus you have Billy, he's cutting his steak at the dinner table and he stabs his knife into Bobby and it turns to rubber and the whole family laughs. That's a cartoon world. Yeah. That's not a real, see God could make. Yeah. If God exists, he could make the world work like that. Yeah. But that's not a real world. You know, people say, well, why did God allow a, a hurricane to wipe out Katrina? Yeah. I say, well, let's see. We built a city below sea level and we built it with walls that we knew could not withstand a hurricane beyond category three. When cat, hurricane categories four and five were a regular part of our existence. 
And uh, so we built a city below sea level that we knew had protections inadequate to stop a force that was common to our experience. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, in, 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 uh, in insurance, they call them acts of God. And it's I was just reading about this. There are certain things that they're no longer saying, hey, that wasn't an act of God. That was actually through human uh, error. And what what uh, what looked like a natural disaster was actually caused through, you know, whatever that might have been uh, oil drilling in this particular area that impacted this particular place. And it caused this uh, flow of mud or whatever. Uh, and so uh, humans do actually play a role in that. And, and like you're saying, if God were to stop, turn every every knife into jello every time that you, you went to stab somebody, then really it would eliminate all moral decisions. Uh, and you you because no choice would actually be evil anymore. Is that because you couldn't do anything to actually injure anybody? Yeah, you anybody. couldn't really hurt them. Oh, be- well, it would be fun, but there would be no consequences. It would be fun without consequences. <laughs> you, would, you would get the pleasure of it without the consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just stab him a few times, and no, oh, it's turning to rubber. You could put dynamite under somebody's chair and explode, it and everybody'd laugh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it kind of just makes a mess in the room for you know. Looney Tunes wasn't popular for nothing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the coyotes after you, and he can get fall out, fall off a cliff, and have a boulder drop on him. He's fine. Then. <laughs> so, what do you do to the person that says, "Yeah, why didn't God do?" it that way why can't we do it that way well i i whenever anybody says god should have made the world differently than he did i just sit there and say how does that world work and keep free will in the picture because if if there's no free will hey this is easy yeah. you know i mean if god if we eliminate free will no problem we can fix all of this you know big deal but if free will's in the picture uh how do you allow beings to be free and not hurt each other severely. Yeah. And and see, once again, you can get into an argument, he should stop more. Like with the Holocaust, I'll say, why did he, he shouldn't have let 6 million Jews be killed. I said, would you be satisfied if only 1 million were killed? The answer's always no. Okay, what about 100,000? The answer's always no. Yeah. What, what, 10? Do you, I mean, do you think that one person should be killed? So it's, it, when you get off into this argument about how much is too much. Yeah. God knows how much is too much. If he exists, I've been deference to Sean. If he exists, uh, <laughs> then God knows, how, you know, God knows how much is too much. So in your opinion, is God omni anything? I think he's, well, he's omniscient and he's om- omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And so, yes. So he's okay, Sean, I'm going to cut you off right there. We uh, are got one more segment left and we'll pick up on this question uh, that Sean is is, uh, asking uh, Dr. Clay Jones. You're on Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're having a fantastic discussion. I wish it could go two hours, but we've only got one more segment left and uh, we'll pick up with uh, what Sean was starting here in just a second. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will cast Welcome back to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Thanks for tuning in today. My website's educateforlife.org. And uh, we are having just a really fun and fantastic conversation, Dr. Clay Jones and Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor is a skeptic atheist, and uh, I love this. I love this. Uh, we are just, you know, off the off on the break here. And uh, Dr. Jones was saying, hey, it's a pleasure to have somebody on the radio uh, that doesn't hold the same opinion, but still has a good attitude. And uh, it's nice when Christians and atheists and Christians and whoever can get together and have good, honest discussions. Christian radio is too often just Christians talking to each other. So I've, I've, well, I'm thankful for what you're doing here. And I'm thankful that Sean's a good hearted, uh, you know, willing to come on and, and yeah. talk with us. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's awesome. So Sean, I wanted to let you finish your thought. Um, what were you saying there before we oh, cut off the last segment? Right. Just, I mean, from, from my personal point of view, uh, the problem of evil has never been, that's not the, the thing that stopped me ever from believing in a God. Um, I understand that if someone says to me that from a philosophical point of view, that God is all knowing, all powerful, uh, always present that, well, we, we might come into some logical problems just from what the reality that we find ourselves in. Okay. Are you? I was going to say, you know, it's if you and I can send you a list of them. Actually, since Alvin Plantinga, I imagine you've heard of him. Uh, yeah. Alvin Plantinga, since he's done his free will work, uh, most atheists that I know agree that the logical problem of evil no longer works. In fact, I don't know of any atheists that are employing the logical problem. They're employing the evidential problem. The evidential problem being, well, there's a lot of evil around. And so it doesn't right. seem like God to do that. That's the evidential sure. problem as opposed to the logical problem. Yeah. Uh, so it's consistent to say that a God can exist an all powerful, all knowing, all loving God can exist and, and allow he- evil to exist because, and, and it just depends on what, what's his motive because he wanted to have beings with free will. Mm hmm. And you can't have beings with free will and not let them use it wrongly. Now, he, as I said his earlier, desire, his desire for free will is motivated because love, true love can't exist apart from free will. What kind of a being are you really if you don't have free will? Yeah. What I kind mean, of marriage do you have? I mean, as you, I wrote an article that listeners might be interested in entitled, and you can find this online, Sci-Fi Free Will and the Problem of Evil. And I go through one science fiction movie after another, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Stepford Wives, The Matrix. Uh, all of these movies are dealing with free will on one level of, or another. Matrix and Terminator movies. Humans create a computer. Computer gets self-aware, gets free will. Uh, Computer decides to destroy humans. Humans spend the rest of the movie trying to destroy computer. Uh, That's Terminator, Matrix, and many other. That's a very common thing. Sounds an awful lot like God creates man, gives man free will. Man rebels against God and tries to kill God. In fact, he even succeeds, but he he uses that to bring sinful humans back into relationship with him, his death on the cross. But, But anyway, so... Uh, you just can't have free will is valuable. Yeah. And I, you know, it is all throughout the Bible. I mean, 
I, I, what do you do? What are you if you don't have the ability to make a decision? In fact, uh, one of the things is they point out, if if you don't have free will, then Sean and I don't have the ability. I don't actually have the ability then to logically choose to be a Christian. And he doesn't have the ability to logically choose to be an atheist because he doesn't have the ability to choose freely. Mm-hmm. See, well, from my would, point of view, I'm 100 percent just an evil robot. No, I, I, you know, <laughs> we suspected that. But the right. laughing throws this yes, off. Well, it yeah, just yeah. throws it way it could, off. It could be a telling that's sign. Just a, that's just that's a, just, a, that's just radio help. That's that's that. That. <laughs> But the, no, I mean, the free will obviously does not eliminate all foul events in the world. Well, you know, one of the things about that is... is I mean, we, the dinosaurs would disagree with you. We don't, <laughs> we don't call... I mean, one of the things, and this is... I'm glad you brought that up, Sean. One of the things when we discuss this is we don't treat it as... the. Everybody goes, the problem of evil. There are the problems of sure. evil. Now, there's lots of different aspects and lots of different, you know, a child dying of cancer is one kind of problem of evil. Yeah. Uh, why is there animal pain is another kind of problem. And frankly, I think there's good answers to all of that, but we just simply don't have the time to develop. But, but I did want to get to the, but you know, see, as a Christian, I believe in eternal life is coming. And, uh, and the fact of the matter is, is uh, I mean, that's another one of the evils you could look at. 150,000 people die every day. Uh, and, you know, it, uh, the greatest evil of all is the fact that uh, we're separated. I think I look at it separation from your loved ones. That's that's horrible. Uh, so, yeah, it's horrible. And so, uh, yeah, eternal life is coming uh, one way or another. Right. When we die. And uh, but see, what we say is. uh uh, I say anyway all the time, eternity will dwarf our suffering to insignificance. If eternity is true, see, I'm doing this for my atheist friend here. <laughs> if eternity, if God, if Christianity is true, if yeah. it is true, yeah. and then if it's true, and Jesus, if Jesus really was raised from the dead, which of course would make it true, uh, then you're going then eternal life does literally dwarf any suffering we experience here to insignificance. Yeah. It, ha- I mean, it's like, a, you know, I liken it to a child who gets a shot, you know, inoculated against measles and cries for five minutes out of a 100 year lifespan. We can figure out, I think it's point zero 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 five two five six is a percent of her 100 year life. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Guess what? If she went to her parents and said, you made me cry for five minutes when I was five. Yeah. We'd go, you're an idiot. <laughs> we wouldn't, you know, I mean, if you begin to put, and think of eternity, what's 100 years of suffering out of eternity? Now, I'm not minimizing suffering. Yeah. Uh, for crying out loud, as you know, I've had cancer, and I mean, I've been in pain, and I know what, you know, these kinds, you know, life here can be hard, and I'm not minimizing the hardness of it, but the difficulty of it and the suffering of it, it's serious, it's real. But I am saying that if you're going to live forever, that's a very, very small thing that eternity will dwarf it to insignificance. Yeah. And oftentimes that change in perspective, that, that different angle actually makes all the difference. Yes. I know for the kid that, that we that passed away recently, um, the, the fact that he had committed his life to Christ and then got the cancer and his passion for Christ, even through what he was going through, changed everything. It changed the whole temperature of the school rather than being this hopeless despair and depression. Um, even the doctors said we've never seen this kind of attitude on a hospital floor where the per- patient uh, is going in this direction. We have never seen the joy that's in this hospital room. And it's, it's something weird. They said it was weird. What's happening here? And uh, that really speaks to the power of a change in perspective 
of this is temporary, that's eternal. And so uh, regarding the eternal, do you believe in hell? And if so, what do you believe it is and how do you get there? Uh, I sure I believe in hell. Absolutely. And I you We've get got about a minute left. Oh, so God. Remember, okay. that. Really yeah, yeah. <laughs> one minute. You asked me like the anyway. It's only eternity. <laughs> yes. It's only, and all I can say is, is uh, uh, since we're out of time is people have a choice on whether they want to go to hell or not. And that choice is based upon whether they're going to turn and accept the Savior's work for them on the cross. And as for, and, and God knows who will repent and yeah. he will make sure that he gets the gospel to those who would repent if they hear it. Real quick, real quick. What do you say to the person who says, eh, I'm just not convinced the evidence there. What, what do you say? Or that belief is not a choice. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I had a person say to me, Hey, I don't believe in the Bible. Uh, what what do you say then? Well, what I, well, I would say I would say take the well, I would do what we always do. I take the Bible, the New Testament is a set of uh, primary source documents, and I would say these primary source documents are telling us that a man was raised from the dead, and his name is Jesus. And uh, so define you, primary. Uh, primary source is well, thirty seconds. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're gonna have to let that go. I could do it, everyone, uh, but uh, we're gonna have to let that go anyway. Hey. Uh, but eternity will dwarf our suffering to insignificance. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, everybody who's listening. Um, I sure enjoyed it. It's been a blessing having both you guys on. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, thank you. We'll be back again uh, next week, so stay with us. Uh, we've got all kinds of more guests coming, and Sean will be on again, and, and maybe Dr. Jones as well. So uh, Educate for Life Radio, educateforlife.org is my website. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Thanks for being with us. It's been a real blessing. I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless you. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. your tired and bring your shame, bring your guilt and bring your pain, don't you know that's not your name, you will always be much more to me, and every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right, but that's alright. 